0: So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com.
1: Please, senor. Dimly lit room where deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. Hey, air buddy. On Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager.
3: Yeah, could certainly go with uh, Christine McVee of Fleetwood Mac who passed away yesterday. Not that significant. But uh, who doesn't like Fleetwood Mac? And what's the matter with you? Uh, could go with performative politics as an appeals court just put a stake in the heart of the Biden loan forgiveness phoniness. I, I don't know. Do you have any strong feeling about
1: it? Uh, no. I like the <laughs> idea of playing McVee era Fleetwood Mac all day long for bumper music. Awesome. Gotta do that, obviously. When it's appropriate is
3: you're dressed as a 1970s TV cop, or detective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He looked like cast member from Kojak or Beretta or something.
1: Um. So what is that? I got to look at the calendar here. God, I had my calendar out last night trying to make plans and everything like that. So we got, got a brand new month starting today. I don't know. I feel like Christmas snuck up on me or something. I, feel, I, I was thinking about this this morning. So it's a new month. At this point in my life, I think a month feels like two weeks and a year feels like six months. I think that's where I am currently in my life. A month feels like two weeks and a year yeah. feels like
3: six months. Yeah, so, I think so it's so exactly, too, Like listening to a podcast at double speed.
1: Yeah, it's, everything's it's exactly halved from the way it was most of the time. Well, my that's life. really
3: interesting. It's a perspective I hadn't considered.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Uh,
3: oh, honorary, honorary general manager. Uh, speaking of time whizzing by, my uh, daughter, Caitlin, it's her 30th birthday today. Wow, it's a big deal. Can you believe that? That you is know, a big I'm deal. I'm sure you remember roughly when she was born. Jeez,
1: that's, uh, you know. Yeah, She's probably not happy about her turning 30. I'm not happy about her turning
3: 30.
0: (laughs) That
1: can't be possible. Joe and I were on the air when she turned 30. That's ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, when she was born. I mean, so that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's just ridiculous. (sighs) I guess the math's pretty easy if today's the first Christmas is roughly 25 days from now.
3: Well, according to some figures.
1: Somebody hit me the other day. Honest to God, a real adult human being hit me with a... So Christmas, I'm looking at the calendar. Christmas is the 26th this year. Said uh, I just I did I just uh, I, I didn't say anything for a second. Just wondering if they just <laughs>
3: I think you reacted the same way I did.
1: Did I just hear that correctly? <laughs> I said what? Um, Christmas is uh, the 20 the 25th. Just about every year. I said you know sarcastically. <laughs> now I'm looking at the calendar. It's ob- 26th. It's observed on the 26th this year and it might be for uh, company holiday reasons but the christmas is the 25th i don't need to look it up i don't need to google it i don't need to ask anybody christmas is the 25th i'm here to tell you
3: but you know i'm looking at my apple uh, my iphone calendar right now and it says uh, christmas day is on the 25th and uh, on the 26th it says uh, christmas holiday observed are they just trying to express that everybody gets a day off for Christmas in the United States, and that's when everybody's getting off?
1: Yeah, I mean, same as we're coming back to work on November second, third. We're coming back January. to work January third, rather. Uh, um, uh, and I think the whole world is because yeah, everybody gets New Year's Day off, and New Year's is on a, and Christmas are both on Sundays this year. But Christmas mm-hmm. is still the twenty fifth. You can't go changing Jesus' birthday unless you do it two thousand years ago, or whenever. Whenever, whenever somebody decided Christmas was the 25th, and most people think it was... To replace
3: a pagan festival in England or something in the Middle Ages.
1: And most people think he was born three years earlier than that, I think, but... In um, anyway. March, I believe,
3: something no, like that. Doesn't doesn't really judging anything. by the sky, the, the stars, and the star mm. of Bethlehem, etc. Uh, astronomers, not astrologers, but astronomers have uh, weighed in on this question. Not that it particularly
1: makes any difference. I feel like I had a point earlier when we started this conversation, and it has drifted
3: away from my head um it's a shame the time passing quickly uh, six months to, to a year a uh, double speed podcast yeah. yeah the whole time passing quickly thing
1: and i know this has been discussed uh, endlessly probably since the dawn of time i don't know have the greeks written about this did it happen to everybody or did people die too young for the but is it just plain the phenomenon of you got you, the longer you're around the amount of time is divided into smaller i mean is it just the, the simple math on it and why time yeah. speeds up like that
3: well, I think that's part of it. And Plus, then, you just other than, like, illnesses and and, oh, this is so depressing, other than not great stuff, there aren't lots of big changes later in your life. I mean, it's monumental going from middle school to high school, high school to college, finding that special person, landing that first gig. All these things are outsized. One more stinking day answer into the
1: man. It just doesn't leave much of a mark. I can—I think I can speak to the fact that that has not got anything to do with it. I used to think that, too, but I've had those kind of landmark things uh, because of my kids are so young because I just got divorced and uh, various things. And time Mm -hmm. is still speeding up. Uh, So I'm, I'm not sure that's it.
3: Okay, I think so. It dem- my on is it's <laughs> put it over there. <laughs> I think it's
1: Something just the dividing different. up the amount of time in your brain. So does that it's mean a solid theory? So does that mean that like a twenty-year-old cat? Remember, we had a woman on the other day. She had the world's oldest cat at age twenty-three. She went. She adopts elderly cats from shelters. I think. She was going around getting the oldest cat she could find at the shelter, hoping one would hang around long enough to be the oldest cat so she could get on TV. snuffing them and stealing their Social Security checks. <laughs> no, no. I think she just wanted to get on TV as the oldest cat. But it doesn't count if you go, I don't think, adopt an elderly cat. You have to raise it from birth, don't you? Otherwise, what the hell? I don't know. Anyway, I don't
3: think about old cat
1: records all that much. That doesn't matter at all. Um, does an old cat, do they perceive time differently? Because do they've they've been they perceive around for 20- time at all? Yeah. I think we
3: need to start there. Pretty good question. Dogs don't, famously. You, you go out in the garage for a minute. He greets you like he have been gone for a week,
1: mm-hmm.
3: which is endearing. As portrayed in the
1: movie Pets, where the dog just stands there staring at the door after he goes to work. What are you doing? <laughs> he's coming right back. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, he'll be right back. Just keeps staring at the door the whole time he's at work, which is what your yeah. dog does. Oh, boy. i um, I'm not a cat. <laughs> couple of news items that are, uh depending on whether you're watching Fox or the other channels that are your lead stories today on your cable news, can hit you with real quick, see if you think they're important or not. But we should start the show officially. It's very important. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Thursday, December 1st, the year 2022, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve
3: of this program. Okay, then let's leap into action officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark.
1: Why are people more interested in the men's sports? Because it's been because historically... it's more interesting to
0: watch. No, no, no. Oh, just... oh, You got hold on. Hold on. Come back. Uh, that's... I'm Come kidding. back. Uh, that was a joke. No, I didn't no. mean that. that. Hold hold
1: yeah, on. Don Lemon on the new morning show on CNN saying men's sports are more interesting to watch. Where's the lie? I don't know why he was
3: attacked. Well, then he immediately rejected it. It was a joke. It was a joke. No, it wasn't. And it's non. true. You, sp- you spake the truth. Look at the ratings. I mean, what do you want to say? What is that?
1: Misogyny? Or what, what is it? It's just a well, fact.
3: I, mean, just, I don't know what to tell you. They got a women's basketball league. They got a guy's basketball league. The guys get 100 times the viewership. It might be 500 times the viewership. Of course, it might not be. I haven't done the math. Uh, but it's a lot more, is my point. So here are your big stories. Which is not to invalidate women playing sports. I think it's wonderful. The studies are uh, unequivocal. Young girls, young women should get in athletics, play team sports, individual sports, whatever. Just don't get you know molested by your volleyball coach oh or whatever, my scumbags. God. Anyway, well, wow. I'm just being honest. What do uh, have but, uh, to do that for? Sports are great for girls. Okay. nobody's Nobody's going to argue against that. I and, was, and nobody's going to tune in on the TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, not as many people. That was an overstatement,
1: and I apologize for it. Speaking of sports, I was so happy my son came home yesterday and said he signed up for basketball, and I was just thrilled. The, the, more, the more that and the less coming home, uh, you know, wanting to stare at his Nintendo Switch, the better. I'm all for it. It was very, very. I said, I'm thrilled that you signed up for basketball. Couldn't mm. be more pleased. Here are your two lead stories if you flip on the cable news, depending on the channel. If you're on... Fox, the lead story, is that uh, top guy involved in what got on Twitter and what got to stay on Twitter back in the day says it was it was a mistake to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, and that's a pretty big deal, and Elon's going big with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like Twitter is slowly, and Elon are slowly slipping into the Everything he does is wrong because it's associated with Republicans' world. Uh, I think it's slowly going that direction, which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate. Uh, If you flip on CNN or MSNBC, the only story that exists is the fact that the House of Representatives, controlled by Democrats, still finally got a hold of Trump's taxes, and now they are going to start dribbling out selected pieces, I'm sure, in leaks to the Washington Post or whoever else in uh, in the least flattering way,
3: and that'll be right. its own story. Well, and honestly, the uh, the mass of the Republican establishment is probably fine with that.
1: I wonder if the reason, I know a, a judge ruled, but I, I, I wonder behind the scenes. Remember when John McCain was in on targeting Tea Party members? Mm-hmm. Because they were a threat to the Republican establishment, I just wonder how many powerful Republicans had some hand with Democrats to try to let's just get rid of this
3: guy. And yeah, I, had, you wouldn't think they could infiltrate the judges' chambers. One would hope. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh,
1: I was actually so I was watching some MSNBC this morning. This is why I've never liked this topic. I've never felt like the a politician should be compelled by force to show their taxes. And if the voters don't care, then, I mean, the voters make the decision. If they don't care, they don't care. But now that the Democrats have a hold of Trump's taxes, I actually heard on uh, MSNBC, the host, I think it was Joe Scarborough, actually say, we're finally get to get, get to see how much he pays in taxes, when he paid it, how he's using the tax code. <laughs> what? what?" And so that's going to be that's going to be your, your shot at him that using existing tax law, he paid X in taxes. That's why I hate the idea of uh, usually wealthy Republicans being forced to show their taxes. It's always used in a ridiculous, intellectually dishonest way. Yeah, true. Nobody will talk about changing the tax codes because everybody talking about it in Congress or the media uses the same tax laws to try to get their
3: tax load as low as possible. You know what we ought to dig up? Hanson, if you get a chance, from the first debate, Trump v. Hillary where she tries to pillory Trump uh, with, uh, you you paid as little tax as possible. And he said, yeah, that makes me smart. Right, yeah. And then she says, no, that makes you, and he said, look, you and all your buddies do the same stuff. It was brilliant. It was what, it may have been the pinnacle of of Trump expressing himself. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, you're going to hear a lot about his taxes now that they finally got a hold of him. Wow. Right.
3: Uh, Look at that! He took this deduction and that deduction. It's immoral. You, get, the rich, need to pay their fair share. God, the hypocrisy, the dishonesty. Oh yeah,
1: and you'll it's hear just, a lot of his. His tax rate is lower than you know this uh, iron steel worker or whatever. Okay, then argue for changing the law. But if you're not arguing for changing the law, shut the frig up.
3: Or just voluntarily write a big check, an extra check to the IRS every year because you believe that you should pay more taxes. <laughs> um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good, but we've run
1: late as always. Yeah. and we'll hardly have any time. Sorry for about it. It. Well, we got three and a half hours actually and plenty I of I blame Fleetwood. Michael.
3: Come on, Michael, take control here. do I'm something sorry. would
1: you And plenty of <laughs> And plenty of Fleetwood Mac in honor of the death of Christine McVie, who, which uh, that was troubling for many of us in terms of speaking of time going by Our text line is 415295 KFTC.
0: show
1: yeah christy mcvee wrote this and uh, she passed away yesterday and i think it's uh, they were a little earlier than my high school years their biggest albums but if if the music of like high school and college for you those people are dying of old age it makes you feel old i think that's 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 it right
3: yeah yeah, yeah. That's a big part of it. Yeah, there's yeah. no getting around that. Well, and I just think there's something primal. Even though the music is uh, recorded, obviously that voice is silent now. You know that she will make no more music, and it's uh, it's just sobering. And you know how I hate being sober.
1: I can declare um, the greatest Fleetwood Mac song later. It's pretty easy, and it
3: was her singing lead. So, yeah. You know what? I was ready to say I never want to hear that song again because I've heard it too much. <laughs> And I still picture a smug Bill and Hillary Clinton and Al Gore
1: dancing about. That didn't help. I'll tell you what. I'm going to use all your mailbag timer. You mentioned this. uh, It is so true. It's especially true with Fleetwood Mac. If you're not listening to the remastered versions of these albums. Ah, Oh, my God. I was doing it last night in my car. The remastered version of these songs. Oh, on a good stereo. Freaking unbelievable. Freaking unbelievable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so anyway, we could uh, wax at length about uh, Christine McVie and Fleetwood Mac and the songs of our youth, etc., but uh, let's move on. Yes. Uh maybe we can talk about that later. Uh just a, a remastered everything is is worth seeking out just for reasons we've discussed before. Here's your freedom loving quote of the day sent along by alert listener Randy. Thank you, Randy. From uh Winnie Churchill. Truth is incontrovertible. Panic may resent it, ignorance may deride it malice may distort it but there it is
1: yeah that's a good one
3: no this is my truth maybe the most obnoxious and loathsome phrase of the last quarter century it's your experience your opinion fine lay it on me let it compete in the sunshine of the free exchange of ideas but don't tell me it's the truth just because you feel it yeah nut here's your mailbag you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Sandy from Missoula, Montana. Got some good friends in Missoula. Say hey to them if you see them. Uh, says a couple of different things, but then they mentioned she bought the uh, a shirt at the Armstrong and Getty store. The one with the elk on it. The quote is good, too. Don't be so obsessed with not dying that you forget to live. Oh, boy, that's a and good one. inexplicably a picture of a big elk on.
1: Why is there an elk on it?
3: I don't know. Big old elk on a hillside,
1: living all elky. I thought you were about to say they bought one of our shirts and it's got three armholes or something.
3: <laughs> you know, well, okay, we'll just move along. Uh, no, they're generally of high quality, and we're, we're not, we apologize, and we'll do something about it. I mean, the suppliers, you know. Nothing wrong with having a backup armhole. Sure, right. Nice job, armhole. Um, let's see. Uh, hippie lawyer in San Bernardino writes... It's 4.55 a.m. I'm sitting with the lights out waiting for the sun. It occurs to me that much of human civilization is really powerful humans exerting control over the less powerful. We modern men that live in democracies are fooled into thinking we've evolved past the reality of the strong exploiting the weak. However, it seems to me we've just changed weapons. Instead of using guns, we use deception and fraud propagated through electronic media. Love the show. Nice to hear common-sense discussion of the news of the day. I don't always agree, but I appreciate your thoughtfulness and intellectual honesty. A hippie lawyer in San Bernardino. My hippie friend, thank you for the kind words. You're always welcome here. And if you always right. agreed with us, that'd be a little weird. Well, dude, do you ever
1: just enjoy a sunrise? Or are those always <laughs> your kind of thoughts when you're...
3: <laughs> I do not want to go for a morning walk with you. Too heavy.
1: You're happier if you're married with kids. It's just true. Got the stats. Among other things, on the way, if you miss an hour, get the podcast... You not hear us talk about the clip? Do we do that again where we all discuss the clip? Joe and Hanson and I all discuss what clip we're going to talk, but nobody tells you. And you're the one who plays the clip, so if you don't know, I was going to play
2: it.
3: And actually, well, conversation, oh, he's just uh, giving Christine McVee a little space. I got you. Out of respect for the songstress.
0: Now, South Dakota Governor Christy noem is banning state employees from using TikTok while using government devices. Former President Trump enacted a similar ban for all federal employees back in 2020. President Biden reversed that ban last year and is now considering whether to allow TikTok to remain operational in the U.S. at all.
1: Right. Uh, Remember, we mentioned last week that the FCC chair in the Biden administration said he can't see a future where TikTok is allowed in the United States. Senator Tom, Senators Tom Cotton and Mark Warner yesterday said it, it, TikTok is a massive surveillance program run by the communist Chinese. So, wow. Uh, what more do you need to know about that? So, yeah, it's it's shocking to me that TikTok still exists in the United States. I know people love it. The weird thing about it is, is we've talked about you had those stats about how many hours people spend on TikTok. Just shocking. The young people are pretty much always on it. And the average person is on, what, an hour 20 a day or something like that. So it would be the equivalent of, like, if you're older. Like, back in the day when you had three channels where the government announced uh, one of those channels. CBS is uh, we're going to have to do away with that. (laughs) I mean, in terms of the amount of time you spend on it. Walter Cronkite and Alan Alda have been jailed. So that's kind of interesting. Different topic. Speaking of South Dakota, which we just were because that's their South Dakota of all states is going to get in on the TikTok thing. It's the senator from South Dakota, John Thune, who may make the whole debt ceiling discussion actually worth following for the first time in a long time. I've been rolling my eyes and plugging my ears anytime I heard anybody in recent years. Say anything about, and if they don't vote by what, such and such date, you know, the, the, the country will run out of money and default on its debts and blah, 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 blah. Right. And then they always figure it out either before or a couple of days after or whatever. It's a non-story. But anyway, Senator John Thune and a couple other budget hawks are trying to actually force the issue of, hey, look, we're $33 trillion in debt. With interest rates where they are currently, we're spending gazillions of dollars on just paying the interest. If you've ever had a maxed-out credit card, you know how that works. And hoping that they have the leverage, when they start ta- talking numbers, to actually get some cuts going in government spending.
3: We'll see. I'm not optimistic. There have been a couple of signs recently that people are starting to pay attention. There's a big piece, was it the Wall Street Journal? um I, I i've got it over here somewhere but i'll dig it up to talking about when it's going to go broke and who it's going to hit hardest and i think it's possible it's not likely but it's possible the american people are going to be treated briefly like grown-ups and explained and have it explained to them we've only got this amount of money got this number of people they're spending money at this rate the interest rates are this we're going to be out of money in a week you get it well for for keeping the
1: uh Kind of a parenting metaphor going be treated like a certain age, but then you got to act like a certain age. I feel like right. it's like when I said to my kid the other day, uh, one of my kids, how come you never let me stay at home by myself? And I gave a couple of examples of why. And now here's an opportunity for you. And let's see how you do. And if you do well, you'll get well, we're going to treat the voter like a grown up and tell them, let's see if the voters act like grown ups and put up with politicians who prioritize
3: this sort of thing or not. We'll see. Yeah, here, here. Uh, I thought this was interesting, winding our way back to a couple of tech things. You know, I'm not as like, organized as I usually am when the show starts. I've just got so much, and I, I, I haven't, like, jiggled it into shape yet. I haven't stacked the deck, as it were, but uh, we'll wind our way back and forth anyway. Uh, getting back to tech, and, uh, oh, oh, the reason I said that is I have something super interesting, and I'm rooting around trying to find it. Old SBF. The tussle-haired, phony crypto billionaire d- Democrat donor dude, who's now bankrupt, um, one of his passions was making sure AI doesn't ruin humanity. We we want our villains to be entirely villainous, and we want our heroes to be as pure as as uh, the Lord Himself. But life isn't like that, and people aren't like that. And evidently, this guy gave tremendous amounts of money and time and thought to the idea that if we don't r- find a way to harness uh, artificial intelligence in a positive way, it could have ruinous results. And so he plowed a lot of his money into that, even as he was plowing the rest of it into supporting Democrats. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then this, a uh, couple of Twitter-related stories. And yes, Twitter gets way too much attention. Um, but Most of you are never look at it and certainly don't tweet. Yeah, I think the only reason it, it's significant enough to talk about it is that it is the playing field on which some pretty fundamental questions are being weighed, if you know what I mean. Sure. Uh, questions about the free exchange of ideas and, and who gets to decide who doesn't get to speak, that sort of thing. couple of exhibits uh, on that. Paolo uh, weighing in that uh, Rolling Stone, which is insufferably left, had a piece uh, the other day about um, how it's already becoming a cesspool of disinformation on Twitter. Uh, With Musk's platform abolishing a rule against pandemic misinformation, conspiracy theorists are right back on their bull ass. And the tweet she's talking about is COVID was created in a lab by the Chinese with the assistance of Dr. Fauci. It garnered 5,000 likes. And Paolo writes, whatever you think of the tweet, I'm pretty sure it's protected speech. Uh, Twitter's a private enterprise. Um, maybe she thinks the First Amendment shouldn't s- apply or Rolling Stone being pretty solidly left. Maybe she's finding the traditional interpretation of the First Amendment increasingly problematic. In any way, in any event, there are plenty of ways to interpret the tweet that make it plausibly true. So I don't understand why anyone has a problem with it. It's somebody's opinion. At worst, it's a crackpot tweeting nonsense. So what? That used to be the view. But the right in much of the 20th century and the left in the 21st century are intent on controlling the conversation, not winning the conversation, controlling it. I'm telling you, whether you're our hippie lawyer friend in San Bernardino who wrote us an email or, or you're a right winger or whatever, we all need to be on the same side of this conversation.
1: Remember when there was a hoof and mouth thing going on? I don't remember what year that was. I was listening to the author of a book about the origin of COVID, and he was talking about when hoof-and-mouth broke out in England several years back, and it was a big story. And it broke out in a farm near one of the world's leading labs for studying hoof-and-mouth disease. Ah. And people thought, man, that seems like a heck of a coincidence. It took some time, but they eventually figured out that it was an employee from that lab, who had gone to that farm and somehow transferred
0: Misinformation!
3: Disinformation! Silence him! Cancel him! Suspend him for a week!
1: And had somehow transferred a hoof-and-mouth disease to that farm, and that's how the outbreak happened. And and, uh, and that's the most likely thing that happened here.
3: Yeah, yeah. Though it'll be hard to ever prove, because the communist uh, Chinese are going to lie about it. And uh, back to Twitter for a moment, uh, just because uh, this has much greater significance than a dopey social media platform. That's actually pretty great if you're trying to follow the news. But anyway, um, Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts has been bitching at Elon Musk for his refusal to take the senator's demands seriously. Specifically, uh, Markey, the senator, sent a formal letter requiring answers regarding musk's plans to combat disinformation on twitter and elon musk essentially responded pound sand he said, you can write me all the letters you want i don't have to respond to it um and uh, let's see. And so Ed Markey jabs back. Elon Musk could respond to my tweets but failed to respond to my letter by yesterday's deadline and answer basic questions about Twitter verification. Congress must end the era of failed big tech self-regulation and pass laws that put user safety over the whims of billionaires. And the, he warned that Musk would, quote, pay a price if certain Twitter policies weren't addressed and fixed. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, I know. And other people responded back... Uh, uh, including from PJ Media, Stacey Lennox. He opposed voter ID but is super concerned about a blue check on Twitter. Insane. Um, uh, Reason editor, J.D. Chile. How do you pronounce that name? It's at least one too many I's and L's. Anyway, says, uh, <laughs> we should all be free to ignore pissy little government officials like Senator Mark... Uh, dear Senator Markey, you were fine with big tech self-regulation when that effectively meant censoring people and ideas you disagreed with, i.e., Republicans and conservatives. Since, since you can't censor through proxies here at Twitter, you want Congress to do your dirty work? Asked an army veteran. I love the idea of a government official saying, Hey, you got to change what you're doing. And Elon Musk saying, No, I don't. Shut up. It's, you know, it's a cliche and it's it's childish, but the whole you work for us needs to be uh, remembered much more frequently.
1: What's our official Armstrong and Getty show stance on state dinners? The Biden administration is having its first official state dinner this evening.
3: Dinner table events.
1: I'm watching live right now as Emmanuel Macron, the president we- of France, has shown up. And they're going to do the whole, they wear white ties, which is dressier than black tie. White's no, the please. dressiest, right? Black tie is,
3: is soccer shorts and a tank top compared to white tie.
1: And they bring out the fanciest china and do the, the slow walking down red carpets and all the a variety of uh, dance steps that you have to do for an official state dinner. How do we feel about that? I, uh, I'm of two minds. I think about when you say, no, the reason you bring out the fine china for Thanksgiving meal or something like that, when the family gets together, is to indicate that this is important. Indeed.
3: It's a show of respect.
0: China!
1: On the other hand... (laughs) That's right, sir. On the other hand, in this particular instance with France, it's a little too close to home, isn't it? I mean... They, their revolution was all over, yeah, you and your fancy, orchestrated, you're the kings and queens thing, we ain't into it so much. I mean, it's got a bit of a, we want a royal family smack to it, it seems to me. Uh, we want royalty, because it's, it's got all the trappings of Louis the Sixteenth and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I guess the yeah. the point is to say this is very important, our relationship with France. Is that the point?
3: Yes, you are honored guests, honored at the highest level. This relationship is extremely important to us. How are we? It's this- symbolic. I'm not saying you're wrong. I get what you're saying.
1: Are we this far into the Biden administration with the first state dinner? Probably because of COVID, I guess, huh? You wouldn't have. And these 80s is, is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. Macron looks... Uh, like a child standing next to
3: old man Biden. Joe Biden seen here with his grandson, Emmanuel. Yeah. yeah. I'm a child. I've got some new stats. They're echoing
1: stats we've had for years about happiness levels for people who are married, have children, etc., versus the opposite. And I think it's damned interesting and worth being reminded of, among other things that we can talk about. Stay tuned.
0: Armstrong.
1: still talking about this, the U.S. men's soccer team, big win over oh, Iran in the world. Yeah! Beat them, beat them down. That's ah. exciting. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone's more excited than Biden because uh, this is real. When he found out the result, he ran back on stage after making his speech to make the announcement, but his mic wasn't on. Biden didn't care. He was finally living his boyhood dream, silent film star. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It took a while to get to that punchline, but I enjoyed it when I got
2: there.
0: And
1: at first blush, I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought that is really funny. Silent film star. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is hilarious.
3: He's old, you see. Yep. Pull that bad and cut care. As hell. Is he going to run again? We'll talk about that seriously, unendingly, coming up. Stay with us. Yeah.
1: Um, I will declare the greatest Fleetwood Mac song, having done the research. Wow. Uh, with Christine McVie being made the driving force behind the particular song, although they're a band, so everybody
3: contributes no matter what. You know, it's a band, so. Yeah, she uh, co-wrote with Lindsey Buckingham a fair amount, too.
1: But I would assume that uh, in a band, well, not all bands, but uh, a lot of bands, uh, even if you didn't officially co-write it, you're, you're there in the room and you throw in your two cents on a, How about I do this on the
3: piano or... Right, and where a, where a contribution becomes a co-write is kind of a touchy question in a lot of bands. Because, you know, if especially back in the day, if you're a successful band, there was a lot of money at stake. The writer gets most of the money.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And a lot of bands broke up... Uh, because they did made stupid decisions on that level, mm. and a lot of bands stayed together because all songs were by everybody. They just decided that.
1: Uh, the reason we mentioned that did we say Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac died yesterday, which is uh,
3: yeah, seventy nine years old. Yeah,
1: doesn't seem that old at this point. When I was younger, that would have seemed ancient. Now I feel like yeah, it doesn't seem that old. Happens. Um, I don't know who this is, but anyway. So their headline was. Parenthood is the pathway to misery, immiseration, and planetary degradation. This is the message too many young women and men are getting. They have no idea what we really know about family life. Based Plus on they
3: have no idea what that second word means.
1: <laughs> miseration
3: Is that yes. different than misery, or is that just like getting being made miserable? I don't know. I, lo- I know lots of words, but that's a new one on me. I
1: think that's repetitive. It's a pathway to misery, immiseration, which is making you miserable. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't want to get caught up on that. That's really not the point of this segment. Um, the point is he he's passing along this latest polling, which fits in with all kinds of other polling that we've talked about over the years. Broken down particularly by women. Women's happiness by marital and parental status at different ages. Whether you're married with children, and I'll give away the headline, far and away... Married with children, people report being very happy at higher percentages than uh, all the other groups. Um, But we can go through it at different ages. And it's true at all ages, which is really, really interesting. So 18 to 34 year olds, even for the young crowd, for the young crowd. Um, married, but childless is the plurality. A third of that crowd says they are very happy married and childless, but just below that married with children at 30% drops way down to the, I get to do whatever I want, whenever I want unmarried childless, 7% report being very happy unmarried with children, 12% report being very happy. So way, 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 way lower numbers. But that's a pretty young crowd by modern standards, 18 to 34. You get up into the prime, you're uh, getting married, having kids age, 35 to 54. Uh, About 30% married with children report being very happy. You go down to the unmarried, childless, 12%. Unmarried with children, 11%. And then for the older crowd who've been around a while and had a chance to think about what makes them happy or not, 55-plus, easily the plurality of people reporting being very happy, 25% married with children. Then it drops down quite a bit. Married childless, 14%. Unmarried with children, 11 Unmarried childless, 10 So across all age groups, it is the, the win for the win of checking the box of being very happy. It's married with children, which I find interesting. That is yeah. not the way it is really portrayed in TV
3: shows and movies and jokes, etc. Well, and I return to the previous question for two reasons. Number one, I like words. Immiseration means economic impoverish, impoverishment, okay. um, and and secondly, because I, this has become near a truism in the modern modern age. We're not going to get married until we have enough money, till we have money saved, or blah blah blah. We can can't afford to have kids at this point and i'm telling you as a guy who slogged through that whole deal and boy judy and i did not have any money to throw around until hell until our third kid was you know going to school um number one two can live cheaper than one and 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 number two it'll take care of itself
1: well i always have to throw in my caveats on this topic one if you don't think you want to have kids don't (laughs) just don't
3: all right sure do
1: not unless you really want to don't because it's uh it's a it's it's not only a big deal it's the biggest deal but um people who claim to not have kids for this reason or that reason i don't think that's true i think you have to put a put words to the reason but you just you're just not feeling it there's something going on in the culture all around the world in the developed worlds to just not have kids
3: which is fine
1: which is fine
3: you do you Hmm. yeah
1: Uh, If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand.